0: Good morning. It's Tuesday, January 24th. I'm Shamita Basu. This is Apple News Today. On today's show, the problems with delivering mental health care virtually, Ticketmaster appears before Congress to answer for the Taylor Swift failures and its market power, and Ki Hui Quan's career from child actor to award season favorite. First, at least seven people are dead in Half Moon Bay, California, in a mass shooting that comes just days after the one in Monterey Park. Both involve suspects who were older men of Asian descent with unclear motives. And both have Asian American communities on edge after enduring years of increased violence and harassment during the pandemic. The Half Moon Bay shootings yesterday happened at two agriculture sites, Investigators believe the suspected shooter worked at one of them. He was taken into police custody. The victims reportedly included Chinese-American farm workers. A spokesperson for the family-owned farm said their hearts go out to victims, families, and Asian-Americans in both California communities. San Mateo County Sheriff Christina Corpus says some of the victims were shot by the 67-year-old man in front of young kids. It was in the afternoon when kids were out of school. And for children to witness this is unspeakable. There have been at least 38 mass shootings in America this month, according to the Gun Violence Archive. The two most recent ones in California are sending fresh shockwaves through Asian-American communities that have experienced more violence and hate crimes in the past few years. Racist misinformation about COVID led to a lot of suffering in Asian-American communities. Stores lost business as tourists stayed away from these neighborhoods. People reported increasing abuse, ranging from racist comments to attacks on the elderly. Although the suspects in these shootings were Asian, it doesn't change the fact that people still feel terrorized. And they have for a long time. There are disturbing questions, fear, and a lot of grief right now. But people are also stopping to recognize bravery. We're learning more and more about what happened in the Monterey Park shootings last weekend. Eric Chen told KABC that his friend, Ming-Wei Ma, a dance instructor, died trying to stop the attack. Mr. Ma, who is very
1: beloved and respected in the dance community, and he's been doing that for over 20 years, um, he was trying to stop the shooter, and he passed away.
0: After that, the shooter showed up to another dance studio. Brandon Say was there. He told Good Morning America that when he saw the gunman, he was pretty sure he was going to get killed, and he decided to take action.
1: I needed to take this weapon, disarm him, or else everybody would have died. When I got the courage, I I lunged at him with both my hands, grabbed the weapon, and we had a struggle. We struggled into the lobby, trying to get this gun away from each other.
0: Say managed to disarm him, and the gunman ran away. For many, the shootings cast a dark cloud over Lunar New Year which California recognized as an official state holiday for the first time this year. Celebrations are continuing in cities across the country. Local police and sheriffs say they have added extra security. The pandemic forced us into isolation. Mental health took a major hit. Anxiety and depression rates went up, and receiving in-person care became more complicated. Sensing opportunity, companies launched digital mental health services that promised safe and accessible care for millions of people through video, phone, and messaging. Last year, Investors pumped close to $5 billion into these kinds of startups. But Rolf Winkler from The Wall Street Journal says many prioritized growth over delivering high-quality care.
1: They are very good at letting you know who they are, and they invest a ton of time and resources in advertising. They don't invest nearly as much in training and clinical oversight of the therapists that actually work on their platform. What we found is often it can be hit or miss, the quality of the care that you get.
0: To be clear, many patients say they received good care that would have been unavailable to them otherwise. But some people told Winkler they were paired with therapists who were unprofessional or a bad match, like 22-year-old Caleb Hill. After coming out to his parents, Hill was kicked out of his home. He signed up for a service called BetterHelp, and requested a therapist specializing in LGBTQ plus clients. And he was given very unexpected advice. And
1: the therapist said, have you thought about not being gay so you could go back to them? As Caleb characterized it, he said, you know, it was pretty clear to me that he was offering me conversion therapy.
0: BetterHelp and Hill's therapist declined to comment on his experience, citing patient confidentiality. BetterHelp said generally that negative experiences are not totally avoidable for virtual or in-person therapy. But Winkler says Hill's experience demonstrates what can go wrong when mental health services treat people as customers first, patients second.
1: If you have technology executives at the top of the company prioritizing customer attention, maximizing subscription revenue over a long period of time from a customer, that can come into serious conflict with the clinicians down the line who say, maybe this person isn't somebody we should be treating via telehealth. Maybe they should go see a real doctor in person. We shouldn't be taking their money from them.
0: You do not want to mess with Taylor Swift fans. Ticketmaster was reminded of this recently when its sale of concert tickets ran into all kinds of problems. Lots of fans couldn't get tickets. They sued. Congress took notice. And today, Ticketmaster's president is going to have to explain what happened in a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing. The company now says that a cyber attack caused the issues that slowed down its website. It's just the latest controversy to dog Ticketmaster, which is perpetually under fire from music and sports fans. Also, regulators who say it may be abusing its market power. Ticketmaster is part of the larger company Live Nation. That means it operates venues, manages artists, promotes concerts, and sells tickets. Now, it's not hard to see how there can be conflicts of interest— And the numbers on Ticketmaster's dominance are stark. It controls around 80% of the U.S. ticket market. Some bands have pointed this out and said, this kind of monopoly power needs to be checked. Back in the 90s, Pearl Jam testified in Congress about Ticketmaster. It is well known in our industry that some portion of the service charges Ticketmaster collects on its sale of tickets is distributed back to the promoters in the venues. It is this incestuous relationship and the lack of any national competition for Ticketmaster that has created the situation we're dealing with today. Pearl Jam tried to tour without working with Ticketmaster, but they ran into lots of logistical problems. Mostly, despite all the criticism, big stars work with Ticketmaster. The L.A. Times is out with a piece with a kind of counterintuitive view, something that few in the industry say out loud— Ticketmaster is on top because it works. And one of the reasons it works is because it's a villain. The Times' music reporter spoke to a lot of people in the industry, from the ticket sales side to the band side, to fans, economists, and lawmakers. There's wide consensus that Ticketmaster has enormous power and little accountability to fans— But many also say that it generally gets the job done when it comes to selling millions of tickets to giant venues. Competitors fall short. Also, the piece points out something that's important to understand. This is where the villain part comes in. Ticketmaster doesn't set ticket prices. The artists do. And most of them are aiming to make as much money as they possibly can. But this kind of naked capitalism isn't considered very rock and roll or rap, or country, or whatever. So fans blaming Ticketmaster for high prices works great for artists. They still get to make lots of money, and Ticketmaster gets a nice cut for helping it all go smoothly. After today's hearing, there are plenty of different avenues for lawmakers to consider if they want to overhaul the ticketing industry. They might want to split up Live Nation, They might ban ticketing platforms from having exclusive contracts with venues. But as some of the industry insiders who spoke to the Times point out, going after the biggest, smoothest operator out there might create new problems. You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app, along with coverage of this morning's Oscar nomination announcements. And if you're already listening in the News app right now, stick around. We've got a narrated article coming up next that touches on one of the year's most acclaimed films, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. New York Magazine profiles one of its stars, Ki Hui Kwan, a former child actor who was picked by Steven Spielberg for a role in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Now he's back on the big screen. He recently won a Golden Globe for his latest performance, And in his acceptance speech, he got emotional, reflecting on his career.
1: For so many years, I was afraid that I had nothing more to offer, that no matter what I did, I would would never surpass what I achieved as a kid. Thankfully, more than 30 years later, two guys thought of me. They remembered that kid, and they gave me an opportunity to try again. Dan Quan, Daniel Steiner,
0: thank you so so much. You have given me more than I could have ever hoped. Thank you to the Hollywood That profile on Quan will play next. I'll be back with the news tomorrow.